Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck it happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. And today we are going to talk about food and food related stuff because harken back to episode two, former fatties. Let's talk about foods we used to love, foods we now love, everything in between. Fuck it. Before we get started, let's talk about the booze, Jillian. Yes, booze. Yes. Today's cocktail is one that I actually invented. I'm calling it the Cherry Crush, unless somebody else can think of a better name for it. Cherry Crush because you crush up the cherries. I mean, technically you smash them, but there's already a thing called Cherry Smash, so that won't work. Anyway, um, the full recipe will be up on our website, alwaysneverwrite.com. It's got bourbon. It's got cherry liqueur. I use the one called Ginja de Obidos, Obidos, which is from Portugal. I guess it's like a really Portuguese thing. It's like this sour cherry liqueur and it's like the national drink of Portugal or I don't know. But they drink it in like just by itself in little chocolate cups. I thought, oh, that sounds really, really good. (laughs) But I taste tested it at the local liquor store, which is delicious. And I was like, yes, I think I think I can find something for this. Anyway, so bourbon, cherry liqueur. Um, lemon juice, simple syrup, and it's garnished with a cherry. And I also put a Luxato Marchino cherry in it. It was very good. And I I used those fresh cherries, like the kind from the grocery store, and smushed them up and soaked them in the bourbon overnight just because I could. (laughs) Ah, so good. (laughs) What do you think of the cocktail? It is really good. Um, I I used a different cherry liqueur. I used the Kirkschwasser from um from a couple episodes from last yeah. week and um i used a new bourbon called four roses select blend which i could buy at my <laughs> local grocery store but still cost 35 dollars. so i felt like i was busting out a little bit yeah uh, when instacart brought me the um groceries <laughs> to my door i had to show them my id so they could scan it <laughs> that's so cute i loved I it uh heaven's door which is bob dylan's bourbon Oh my gosh, I remember you told me that it was Heaven's Door. Yeah. I didn't put it together, it was Bob Dylan. And it, it has really cool looking bottles. And Heaven's Door has like several different kinds of bourbon and whiskey, but all of the designs on the bottles are modeled after like metal gates that he has on his property that he made. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so cool. Anyway, it's pretty good bourbon, surprisingly. It cool. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try that. I know the four roses is pretty good. So, I'm looking forward to trying that as well. I recommend that. Speaking of Bob Dylan having cool stuff going on, um, this has nothing to do with Bob Dylan, but it has to do with another rock star, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you know that the Tantara Resorts near the Lake of the Ozarks are being acquired by Margaritaville? No, I did not. But did you know that that's where Stick and I went for our honeymoon? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, on the upside, that's where my sister and brother-in-law went to. So it's not completely cursed. There's that. You want to know what's really funny? I have a cousin who has a show like, okay, so Tantara Resort in Lake of the Ozarks is in like Orchard Beach or something like that. Osage Beach. Osage Beach. Yes. So I have a cousin who has a hillbilly show in Osage Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I... I'd say I'm not surprised, except I semi am surprised, but yet I'm semi not surprised. It's a mix. I'm a Gemini, so I'm allowed to go both ways. (laughs) Anyway, so that's what I know. Oh, and this cocktail is so fucking lovely. I'm glad you like it. I liked it too. I was like, hey, let's. One night, T and I were sitting around and we're trying to drink something, and I didn't have any very much stuff. I had some lemons, and I had this cherry stuff and I had some bourbon I'm like well let's see what happens when we do this because I didn't think cherry margarita sounded very good that sounded <laughs> <gross>. <laughs> okay I'm also I, I, I good. sorry go ahead what was that again I said I don't know maybe they'd be good <laughs> it is good and I have to say the grammarian in me is going any very good oh crap I can't even remember what sentence you said a minute ago that there's no way in hell I could diagram but it was poorly poorly constructed I'll just <laughs> I'll just leave that there. (laughs) Well, yeah, it just wasn't. um, So. So let's move on and let's do foodie, foodie, food, food. Let's talk about foods. 
Foodie McFoodface, like Buddy McBoatface. Yeah. We wanted to talk about food because we love food. I, <laughs> I still identify as a fat girl, even though I'm not fat. And I I will say um, I have a fat heart. Same. You're yeah. way more not fat than me, but every day I, when I walk to work, and I'm, I'm like... I'm really tall, so even though I wear a size 16 or 14, which is like the typical American woman, I'm really tall, so it stretches out a little bit more, but I still feel, when I look in the mirror, I don't think I look any different than I did 136 pounds ago, so when I'm walking into work and I see my reflection in the windows, I always go, what the hell? Oh, which, by the way, I'm sorry, I just think this is really cool. Say it. Obviously, I started drinking before the episode started. Um, (laughs) I love that part. Our our office has started putting in bird-friendly windows. What does that mean? They have like owl stickers on them? No, but they have little spots on them spaced. There are little square decals on the windows spaced in a space that a bird would be scared to fly through so birds don't hit the windows and die anymore. Well, that's a bonus oh that happened when i was a kid in sixth grade a a bird flew into the middle school window and i was traumatized for a fucking long time after that it's like we killed a bird about how you kill chickens all the time in your car or whatever Uh, but chickens are insects other birds that's true birds are yeah birds legitimate birds like cardinals i will never not love a cardinal or a blue jay i've never killed stuff really i know i now, I did a granddaddy long legs when I was like five, and it's haunted me to 42 years later. I'm still haunted by that granddaddy, granddaddy no, long legs. No, granddaddy long legs. I told you my story about that. No, I don't believe you did. Do tell before we get into food. Okay. Here's why I'm food. terrified of all spiders. Okay. Pretty much all bugs. When we were, when I was a kid, we used to go visit my grandpa. Oh, the. The cool Ernest Hemingway-ish grandpa? Yeah, that guy. Nice. He was very cool. We used to go visit him. I hated going to visit him because he lived in the middle of nowhere, I thought, which was, you know, so far from anything. And we had to go forever. Ah. And there was nothing to do at his house. He didn't even have any toys. There was no other kids in the yard. You know, no other kids in the neighborhood. Then there was a kid in the neighborhood one time when we went down. So that was cool. And I had somebody to play with. And that was nice. So we were eating dinner and the kid that I'd been playing with, he came over and was like, hey, can you come out? And I said, "Uh, I can't come out right now, um, but after dinner, I'll come out and we can do something. And he so he took the hose. He was holding onto the hose and like just playing with it. He took the hose and he turned on the hose. It was like one of those squeeze handles that like did the trigger thing and like squirted, squirted out like high power stuff. It wasn't like a power washer or anything, but, you know, it was like a line of water. He squirted it up at the eaves on the on the porch. Well, there was a daddy longlegs nest there. <gasps> and he hit the daddy longlegs nest and it fell on my head. Ooh. And I was covered. I looked down and I was covered in literally thousands of baby daddy long legs and i have no memory after that for like four or five more hours like nothing there's nothing that's terrifying it was awful it was awful and ever since then like i have like this complete spider phobia and so when millie and i moved out from sticks house and we lived in our own little house which is beautiful it was cute and beautiful, and, and it was literally all I could do. Like, if there was a spider, oh, my God. I had to, like, pull my shit together because I never wanted to pass that on to her. I didn't want her to be afraid of bugs or spiders or anything. And <laughs> I admit a couple times saying, look, there's a spider there. Do you want to be brave and kill it? <laughs> oh, and yeah. she'd, say, she'd say, yes, I will. And say, you seem like a superhero today. Why don't you go kill that spider? And she'd say, I will. And she would go over and stomp on it. And I'd be like, oh, fucking thank God. Because I didn't have to do it. Oh, my God. You should have mentioned that in the parenting win. I probably should have. All right. So given that, let's move on to food. Let's skip even high-protein foods for a moment so we don't have to think about insects. Ew. I would never eat insects. Would you? 
No. Let's talk um, about food. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about food. I want to start with a trip you and I took to Las Vegas several years ago. We talked about the trip a little bit, and we may have talked about this particular meal. This was the very first time that I had ever had a tasting menu. We went to, we were staying at the MGM Grand and we went up to the concierge and we're like, hey, uh, what should we do for dinner? And they're like, let us get you into this special place. And I think it was at Caesar's Palace and it was some pasta place. Right? Wasn't it at Caesar's Palace? It was either at um, Caesar's Palace or the Venetian. I can't remember. There was Italian involved. It was Italian for sure. Um, And they got us in there and we went in and sat down and they like treated us like freaking royalty it was incredible i sat down like you never you would take a sip of your water and it would magically refill and no person would refill it like you wouldn't ever even see the person refill it it was incredible like i think they were under the table and just like we had ninja waiters we did have ninja waiters they read that book you gave me (laughs) i think they might have on how to be a ninja but every course was magnificent except at one point, they served us something that had foie gras, and I didn't like it. I was like, mm, whatever. I loved it. I, I wanted hers. But the thing that was awesome was they came out, and I had only eaten a couple bites of that course. I wasn't a fan. And they said, do you not like this one? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't like this as much as the last one or the first one or something like that. We had one that had snow peas that was really delicious. Yes. I think it was like the second, like two courses previous. And they said, well, would you like that one again? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so they brought me that one again. <laughs> the only thing that sucked was that they took yours away. I would have happily disposed of it so it would not have gone to waste because I loved it. They probably ate it in the back. Each one of the <laughs> plates was probably, what do you say, seven or eight bites? Yes. And we were Most. substantial women at that time. So it was, it was kind so- of awesome. But the whole experience the the whole experience took us at least two hours like it took us at least two hours to eat all that food it did it it was amazing and i didn't know that going in so when we were getting towards the end i was like i want to fucking leave let me leave (laughs) yeah we felt like we were being held prisoner we didn't know what to expect (laughs) and then they brought us dessert and it was these teeny tiny little cakes. They were about like if you put your thumb and forefinger together and make like the okay circle, that's how big the cakes were. And we <laughs> laughed so flipping hard because they had these tiny cakes as part of the part of the food. And we called it the tiny cakes meal. <laughs> like forever after that, we called it the tiny cakes meal. But it was so incredible. The food was just amazing. It was. And when we came back, I told John the Brit about the Tiny Cakes place. And he apparently stored that in his heart because we we were in Kirkwood at Global Market, his favorite store in the St. Louis area. I will take him and AJ to go get ice cream cones at at a McDonald's Uh off Kirkwood. Uh-huh. And as we come out, there's a place called Small Cakes, a cupcakery. And every time we see it, John the Brit will sit there and go, Tiny Cakes. Oh, there was a Small Cakes in the town I was in before we moved here. It's was cute. there? Yeah. Oh. And then Adorkable. we did another tasting menu when we went to San Francisco. We did it at like some super fancy shishi hotel. And, and, it that was time, and that time we knew what we were getting into. Right. So we didn't feel like we were being held prisoner. <laughs> And it was awesome. Like one one of the courses that I remember was this beautiful corn soup that had this <gasps> gorgeous fresh flavor. Oh my god, it was incredible. That was but so like good. it's one of those things that when you would put one bite in your mouth, you would just eat that bite and it would be just this incredible burst of flavor. And I think for me, and especially now that I can only eat like nine bites. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather eat nine bites that just completely change your life than just nine bites of crappy yuck food. That that makes sense. And it's amazing how your priorities can change over time. Um, and I have to say, when you come to St. Louis to visit, one place we're going to go, if you like that corn soup, I'm going to take you to Mission Taco. Because they have a Mexican street corn that is so delicious. Last time I went out to lunch with some friends to Mission Taco, they all gave me their leftover street corn. I, I like, lived on it for three days. I love corn. 
I love corn. And this is amazing. I can't even properly describe. Just Google it. Google Mission Taco Street Corn. Okay. Another thing I ate is one time we were in Kansas City and we were staying at our favorite hotel. The Raft. Yes. It was wonderful. And they have a restaurant there called Chaz on the Plaza. (gasps) And it's beautiful. And they have these wonderful foods. But we used to stay there on the regular because... T lived in Michigan and I lived in the Midwest. And so he would fly in and I would meet him in Kansas city. And so we would kind of meet in the middle and we would stay at this hotel. So they knew us pretty well. And the people in the restaurant knew us and the people at the hotel knew us. I mean, it was, it was sort of, um, it was a boutique hotel, but it was kind of family owned. Marriott owns it now, but it wasn't owned by Marriott at the time. And they had a new chef who was just brand new at the at the restaurant. And she was a pasta chef. And she made this pasta dish that was called peas and carrots. And it was like tagliatelle that was, some of it was made with peas and some of it was made with carrots. And it had this gorgeous butter sauce. And it was literally peas, carrots, butter sauce. Unreal. It was probably one of the best things I ever put in my face. Man. Okay. Speaking of the plaza and the RAF, the weekend we stayed at the Raphael Hotel, which cannot recommend enough. They have a piano bar on site and everything. So it's so wonderful. Oh. But we ate at Graham and Dunn. Yes. And what I am say the pork wings. Asian or whatever they were. pig wings. Asian Graham pig wings. Dunn. Yes. Oh, it's like eating heaven. Eating it porky is. heaven. Like if all the best product of Miss Piggy was put into the (laughs) tastiest thing you could ever have and seasoned beautifully, it would be the Asian pork wings. Yeah, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. That's my favorite. And the second favorite thing they have there are the French onion soup dumplings. (gasps) Oh my gosh, those are like beautiful. They change your life. Change your life. They also have a cocktail there, which I'm going to try to reproduce at home at some point, and we will use it in a future episode if I can do it correctly, which includes rose gold glitter and yeah, champagne. Cool. Yeah, that one was really cool. One of the ones that he always loved there that I would like to figure out how to make, I think I'd have to get like a smoke gun, which what a pain in the ass, but I might be able to do it on the grill. So <laughs> smoke gun. One of the things they did is they would take their water, like they would take a pan of water and they would cover it with, I don't know, foil or something, and they would put it in their smoker and they would open it just a little bit so the smoke would get into the water and the flavor of the smoke would get into the water and then they'd freeze it and make that into ice. And then they would put that ice, they'd cut it into pieces, like they'd cut the pan into like two inch pieces. Then they would take that ice and put it in your drink. So as the ice melted, it would release this smoky flavor into your drink. It was called the smoking done. It was amazing. I'm oh, making I'm the, that. I'm totally making the O face right now. Cause I yeah, can't even handle is. that. It's kind of creepy. We should see <laughs> if Howard's and sons can do that for us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds beautiful. So, um, oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking of smoke. Something I missed from my college days. There was a brief period towards my latter college years when I worked for a sports bar, which for whatever reason, I always want to call a sports bra and I almost did it then too. And I don't know why. I don't, but I I worked for a sports bar. I was the worst waitress in the universe because I didn't even know how to. sure you were. I really was. I didn't even know how to make a fucking Bloody Mary. Like what's in that again? Um, Anyway. I'm like, are you sure you don't want a beer? I can do a beer. (laughs) They, um, they made some of the most amazing barbecue in the universe. I mean, it was a little hole in the wall. It was like nothing, but for some reason, um, the guy, the guy who owned it, his father was the one who did all the barbecuing and his dad was a fucking master. And I have never had anything like that barbecue since. And I miss it. I miss it, and I'll never have it again because since then it is closed. I'll tell you, yeah, it's a Mexican place now, and it's only marginal. 
That's really sad. But there is quite literally some of the best barbecue I've ever had. We used to go to this place and get ribs. If you're ever in Topeka, go to Herman's. <gasps> Herman's has a deli counter now. Like they're on one, they're on Huntoon. Go to Herman's and get their ribs because their ribs are un-fucking-believable. They're they quite like- honestly the best ribs I've ever had. And here's the thing. The place that I'm talking about, we would go and we would get their ribs. And then we would, you know, go for lunch, get the ribs, eat as many as we could out of the how like whatever the rack or however you call it mm-hmm. then whatever was left over we would take home i would peel the meat off the bone which didn't take much at all mm-hmm. and then when i would make chili the next time i would chop that up i would make the chili that i would make with like half of the um i'd make it with like <laughs> time out the cat just fell in a bucket <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so, okay. So I would You're take the best cat. I would take the ribs and I would chop them up and I would make the chili and I'd make it with the, the regular ground beef that I would normally make it with. And then right at the end, I would stir in the meat from the ribs and it gave it this amazing, smoky, incredible flavor. Holy shit. That was the best chili I ever fucking had. Oh. He was like, I can't ever eat normal chili again. So... We're just going to have to have it this way. Okay. Chili. Speaking of chili, have you ever had deer chili? No. Oh, my gosh. So, I think I've, I've I mentioned before. ribs once. It was kind of gamey. <laughs> I, I think I may have mentioned before my brother is a hunter. Mm-hmm. He would always have shit tons of deer every year. And occasionally, I would buy him a hunting permit so he could get me a deer because it's cheap meat for one thing. Yeah. And that was, that was when I had no money. Sure. Um, and I made chili out of it all the time and you take and I know I can't cook, but I think I've also mentioned before that I can cook in non-traditional ways. It's not your traditional ways. I made a kick-ass deer chili that had like whole tomatoes, cream cheese, all kinds of stuff that kind of tempered the gaminess of the deer meat. But lately I've been missing deer chili. I used to make it all the time, especially like 15 years ago. And I fucking miss it. I want some fucking I doubt it face, but maybe that's (laughs) good. You are making the, you're making the complete, I doubt it face. (laughs) But I swear to you, deer chili, because of the gaminess, the spices really complement it. You can probably buy deer at the grocery store, like I ground could. deer. But here's the thing. I, I'm i not only a former fatty, I'm a former pori. Um, so you, probably... miss it, you miss it. Which is which is more important? Do you miss deer chili? Or do you want to save three bucks? Because I want to save you. I want to save three bucks because that's me. <laughs> right, then you don't get to bitch about it. You don't get to be all, I miss deer chili. Quit being <laughs> logical. Look, bitch, if you're not going to spend three bucks on deer chili, then it's not worth three bucks. So deer chili must not have been that important to you. This is a game you play with Millie. Which is more important? $3 or deer chili? Both. Both. It could be both. There's gray in this world, Jillian. There's gray. No, you don't get both, Gina. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. Fuck you. I'll tell you what I miss. What do you miss? Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what I miss then. What I miss, the same, the same place I used to work at the sports bra. <laughs> they used to serve, back then I worked when Zima was a thing. I fucking miss Zima with a lime in it. Oh my gosh, it was a seven up out of alcohol. I told you about the race bar I worked at. We had... Matilda Bay. Matilda Bay wine coolers. Now see I'm looking it up just to see why <laughs> they got taken off why they got taken off the market. All the arsenic? I don't know. They were delish. <laughs> that was like the first that was literally the first booze I ever drank. <laughs> they were so good. Okay. 
So Whoa. this one What? Does it exist? I, I think you can buy them. What? Did you know there's a place in like Tennessee or someplace like that where you can still buy tab? You can buy tab at our grocery store. You're shitting me. No. I'm going to your grocery store because I know a guy who works for one corporation that's related to the one I work for who like hoards it. Tab, tab, cola, what a beautiful treat. <gasps> tab, tab, cola for beautiful people. <laughs> that was a song for tab, cola. Because beautiful equals skinny. Fuck uh, tab. Right? Fuck tab. <laughs> for that, it did taste good. But for that concept, fuck them. I don't know, but I just looked up why did they discontinue Matilda Bay wine coolers and the first result is hot slut of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no slut shaming because a woman should be allowed to own her sexuality every bit as much as a man should. Matilda Bay wine coolers were the bomb. They were really, really good. Plus it made me feel Australian. I quoted the Bartles and James guys in my Victorian address, which I'm sure if my um, principal at SC ahead of time, he would have cut this portion. But at the very end, and I did a very brisk valedictorian, ex, um, valedictorian address, but I, I ended it with, and thank you for your support. <laughs> and every adult in the audience, okay, and a bunch of the teenagers too, laughed because so I'm kind of successful. What was your favorite thing that your mom used to make when you were a kid? Okay. This is really, really easy. She used to make a um, pan-fried pork loin with tomatoes. That doesn't sound easy. That sounds awesome, but not easy. Oh, my gosh. It was so beautiful. She would flour it um, completely and then drop it in oil and then put a whole can of only partially diced tomatoes. And sometimes just the halved tomatoes right canned in it because remember we were dirt poor right. so if we couldn't totally, buy it no we were poor too we did can stuff yeah if we couldn't can it or kill it ourselves we didn't need it okay. yeah well you know um we didn't and, kill stuff but we ate canned food all the time yeah so uh it was so good and she would make it with boxed okay we couldn't kill this ourselves but boxed mashed potatoes and then she would put cottage cheese on the side and some kind of vegetable, be it green beans or broccoli or whatever was on sale that week. Um, and it was beautiful. There was that that fried pork loin with a tomato sauce, which is truly just canned tomatoes. Right. And I will also mention one other thing my mother made that was incredible, but it was always an end of the month meal right before dad would finally get his paycheck. Uh-huh. Um, which sounds gross, but I swear it tasted amazing. Um, when we would get towards the end to the point where mom would have like $20 to go to the grocery store with, yeah. um, we would have a hot dog casserole. <gasps> Did it have hot dog and macaroni? No. It had even cheaper boxed mashed potatoes comprised the base. And then she would, and and this only happened in months when hot dogs were on sale at the local grocery store. Um, She would buy as many 29 cent hot dogs, hot dog packages as she possibly could. And she would split them in half and put Velveeta cheese in the center. Oh, I love some Velveeta. Right. And then she would drizzle it with ketchup and bake it. So we would get our potato, our meat, and our vegetable, <laughs> or technically fruit, all in one sitting. And then she would buy something on sale that she could put on the side, whatever vegetable was on sale that week. And that would be our dinner. And the dad would get his paint check, and we would go back to normal food. But for some reason, even though it was cheap, we have no fucking money food. That hot dog casserole was fucking amazing because the, I shit you not, Velveeta caramelizes. So what you were talking about just now about how your mom was like economizing and stuff like that and making do. I had a friend a couple years ago who actually has a blog. It's called rationalliving.blogspot.com. 
she decided, she and her family decided that they were going to live for one full year on World War II rations. Oh my gosh, I can't do it. Right? It was amazing. So they created a rations booklet and every year, every week they would like roll for a scenario. So like sometimes they would have no butter or sometimes they'd have extra sugar or, you know, whatever the scenario was because every week they had something different during the war and they had victory gardens all over town and they had a victory garden in our yard when we lived in the little house. Millie and I lived together. So we would share their produce and it made me think of that when you were talking about what your mom would make at the end of the month, because they would have to live on this rational kind of like the year of rations. So they did it off of World War II rations for an entire year. And she wrote a book and she has this cool blog and it's really, it was a really cool experiment to kind of get to be part of. Um, I just wanted to kind of call that out. I thought it's totally irrelevant in terms of what we're talking about, but it kind of fed into what you are talking about. Now, with that being the case, I also wanted to ask you, and I'll talk about like my favorite thing my mom made, but I want to, before we do, I want to talk about what was the grossest thing your mom made? Like what was the one thing that when you would get to dinner, you'd be like, Oh fuck, I hate this. What was the one thing? It only happened once, but it was possum. Possum. I mentioned my brother was a hunter. He yeah. hunted, he trapped, he snared. And my brother is very much of, if you kill an animal, you make use of every last fucking bit of it. Sure, that's so when logical. He, it's logical. So when he killed this possum, he insisted, mom, cook it. And, you know, speaking of World War II, wow. um, my mother grew up during World War II. And it's yeah. some. At some points, the only things she had to eat were bread and milk because they owned cows and her mother milked every morning and her mother also baked bread. And that was back in the time when you had no oven thermometer. Her mother would stick her arm in the oven to gauge the temperature <laughs> and decide if it was breadworthy. And this is the hell grandma I've talked about. So as much as I diss the hell grandma, she was fucking gauge oven temperature by jamming her arm fucking in there. So well, she was used to hell. So if it was cooler, <laughs> there's that. She just had to decide how much cooler it was. <laughs> I love you so much. So mom, my brother came brother home came one night. He had snared a possum. He'd set it for a bobcat, but he caught a possum. And he brought it home and was like, mom, it's dead. So I want you to cook it. And my mom was like, you are fucking kidding me. It's vermin. Even mom had her limits. But my brother was like, no, it's dead. We have to honor it by eating it. Which, okay, I hope you never shoot an intruder. So, (laughs) so mom cooked she laid that thing out on a bed of potatoes and onions to try to flavor it and she actually broiled that fucker it was the nastiest shit i've ever eaten it was somehow really really oily and it was very gamey i mean deer can be gamey which is why you cook it in a lot of spices and cream cheese and other stuff to kill the gaminess possum is fucking gamey as shit and there's no getting rid of that uh, mom ended up throwing out that pan afterwards. And like I said, we were we were poor as shit when I was a kid. So for mom to throw something away that was technically still usable, but the fact that she cooked a possum in it made her consider it unusable speaks volumes. That's just fucking gross. It was nasty as shit. Never eat possum. I don't care. Just don't. Rattlesnake totally doable rabbit doable squirrel doable what the fuck bobcat bobcat jerky doable what the fuck gina possum no have some standards i have standards that's good obviously mine are very low but possum is the really well you married db so (laughs) so john the brit he makes a beautiful summer salad he gets Yeah, he takes a panzanella or what? It's he gets um, a good free range chicken, just the closest thing I've ever found to the chicken we raised on the farm. Um, He gets apples, which I grew up around apples. So 
and beautiful. Um, and he gets oranges and he uses a French dressing, but for me and Dana, he gets a balsamic dressing that we can use separately and all kinds of wonderful greens. And he puts like all kinds of fruit and, and uh, the chicken and some cheese, fresh, fresh shredded three year aged cheddar on top. Yum. I love and, balsamic dressing on pretty much anything. It's it's the most beautiful summer salad I've ever had with the chicken and the oranges and the apples and the greens. And I hate lettuce. I, I think iceberg lettuce is the most useless thing in the face of the earth. I think but eggplant is the most useless thing on the face of the earth. That eggplant I can get behind because you can fry it up in flour and throw tomato sauce on it. Yeah, but it but has no nutritional value. Like iceberg lettuce does? No, iceberg lettuce doesn't, but at least it's crunchy. Yeah, but you can't even fry it. <laughs> you can't even <laughs> fuck it up with fats. True. Why would you eat iceberg? You can't do anything useful to it. Um, but no, this summer salad he makes is just so dreamy. And tonight, I hate salad. You know me. I hate salad. Yeah, you do. You know what? Since my surgery, all vegetables are kind of a stretch goal. I have to really focus on protein. And I miss, I miss vegetables. Like one day, the other, like last week, one day I made, um, I chopped up some Brussels sprouts and put some chopped up bacon with it and some pine nuts. And I drizzled it with like a balsamic reduction. It was delicious. It was so good. It was really good. I like Brussels sprouts. That sounds beautiful. I I hate that I can't give my son anything with pine nuts in it because he's allergic even pine nuts? Even pine nuts. Anything. Red, uh, certain types of peppercorn will make his face swell up. And That's we have to go to the ER. Um, all right. So let me talk about my mom's dishes. Yes, please um, do. She was actually a really good cook when we were young. She's not so good now. She has to have some redeeming value. She, she was a very good cook when we were young. And... She literally made all of our food from scratch. Like we didn't, I used to think we got homemade bread because we were poor, which probably we did, (laughs) literally. But like, I always wanted, I really wanted like Wonder Bread. Like I would just, oh, please let me have a sandwich on Wonder Bread. No, that's not what we did. She would make all of our bread from scratch. She made our yogurt. She made whatever, partly because she was sort of granola, like hippy dippy. But partly because she just, we were super poor. Mm. Um, One of the things she made was on special occasions, she was mostly a vegetarian. She started being a vegetarian when we were, when I was about 10. And she wouldn't cook. She would occasionally cook beef and stuff like that for us. But she wouldn't eat it. Mm. Um. But the one thing she would make occasionally that I loved, like it was like, oh my God, really? We're really having this? She would make beef stroganoff. Oh, yeah. It was so good. It was so good. I loved it so much. She also made like a really good Hungarian goulash with like ground beef. Sometimes she'd make it with like ground turkey. That was okay. Like she would sometimes eat turkey. She would eat chicken occasionally. She would eat fish. She was kind of a pescatarian. Um, but the one thing that she made that I absolutely thought, what the actual fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? And I guess this is something that a recipe she got from my dad's mom, whatever. I don't even fucking know. It was the most fucking gross thing you can ever even imagine. So here's, this is the salad we would have with dinner. And we had this frequently. It was so fucking gross. I can't even... So it was basically, here's your plate. The next thing is a piece of lettuce, iceberg lettuce, because that was was cool. Worthless. Yeah, iceberg lettuce. Next came a pear, a half a pear. I don't love pears. I like the flavor, but the texture is gross, right? So it was a canned pear. I love pears. Next came a dollop of mayonnaise. What? A little bit. A big fucking honking spoonful of mayonnaise. Imagine like a whipped cream dollop. It was like that. 
Mayonnaise does not belong with fruit. Well, it goes on the pear. Next, a shredded Velveeta. How do you even shred Velveeta because it's <laughs> soft? Yeah, well, this was our salad for the night. My <gasps> ex-husband used to call Velveeta government cheese because he said there was no difference. No way, man. Government cheese was better than Velveeta. I mean, Velveeta's good for, like, two things. It's good for macaroni and cheese. Yes. Oh, it's good for queso. Three things. Macaroni and cheese, queso, and it makes really good grilled cheese sandwiches. And hot dog casseroles. (laughs) Apparently hot dog casserole. So, other than that, there's no use for Velveeta. Mm. But this fucking, like, no person should eat this. I'm telling you, listeners, please don't eat this. Don't eat this. This is horrid. This is horrid. Sometimes she'd spruce it up with, like, cheddar cheese instead of Alina. (laughs) And the mayonnaise wasn't, like, regular mayonnaise. It was always Miracle Whip because it was my dad's favorite. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Miracle Whip is a poor fucking substitute for mayonnaise. But that said... I used to love Miracle Whip sandwiches. I only like Miracle Whip on BLTs. I can totally see that. It goes on a BLT really, really well. With toasted bread and then the Miracle Whip. Got to put the Miracle Whip on both sides of the bread. It kind of absorbs in a little bit. And then it holds it so the tomato juice doesn't soak into the bread. And then you put the beautiful fresh. Have to have. I only eat BLTs. When you have sun-ripened, off-the-vine tomatoes legit from your own garden, which I have this week, by the way. I have an actual garden that has tomatoes in it. I am so jealous. So I grew up with a garden. We had a one-acre garden, but we had fresh tomatoes, and there was nothing in the world like a fresh-grown tomato. You want to know a fun story? Absolutely. Last week. I picked a couple tomatoes out of our garden. Just the first two that were ready. There was two. Oh. Enough. Sun tomatoes. Sun ripened vine tomatoes are like incredible. Picked them. I thought, oh my God, we have to have BLCs. Well, we didn't have any lettuce, but whatever the fuck. I toasted some toast. I got the like the mayonnaise out of the refrigerator. Slice the tomatoes nice and thin, not mm. too thin, just the right amount of thin. They were so good, and you could still taste the sunshine in them. Made the bacon in the in the oven so it was really good and crisp. Put them on there, and I always put like a little bit of season salt on my BLTs because the season salt brings out all the flavors of the tomatoes. Oh my god, it's so good! Mm. So gave it to T, had mine. He's like what did you do different to these tomatoes? And I'm like, nothing. Just put season salt on them. He's like, these tomatoes taste really different. And I'm like, these were just garden tomatoes. That's what a real tomato tastes like. And he said, are you sure you didn't do something different? So I had, you know, the peeling end, the the very, very bottom end of the tomato that you don't put on the BLT because it's got all the peeling on it. Yes. I gave him that and I'm like, taste this. What do you think? And he's like, that doesn't taste like any tomato I've ever had from the store. And I'm like, no, because it's a real tomato. This is a real, legit tomato. So different. I always feel so sorry for anyone who didn't grow up on a farm and didn't have asparagus, tomatoes, eggplant, potatoes, things Mm. they didn't grow on their own farm, chickens and beef, for that matter. That they didn't raise themselves because the taste. Okay, the beef I'm going to take out of that category. I'll explain that in a minute. Um, but really because <laughs> what's that? Yeah, we got attached to our cows. If we gave them a name, it was all over. Um, but there's something about gr- the pureness of what comes out of your own garden that yeah. is just beautiful. I think there is something different about something that comes out of your own garden. But I think even more than that, even if you buy something that legit, like you go to the farmer's market or something like that, if you buy a tomato that was legitimately grown on a vine, warmed in the sun, ripened there, 
I think that that has a flavor that you're never going to replicate from a hothouse tomato. Oh, exactly. I, it, it, and it, it may, may not be the home garden, but it's different. It may be the closest you can get, but it's never going to be the same. Kind of like cage-free eggs mm-hmm. are the closest we can get to what I grew up with, but it's still not the same. See, and I'll never have what you had, but what I can say is a tomato that's legit from the vine, 100% tastes different. And a tomato ripened in the sun tastes Mm -hmm. different from a tomato that you get from the store. It really, truly does. And there are occasionally you can get a tomato in the store that actually tastes like a real tomato. And I always say, this tastes like a real tomato. Oh, my God. Yes. I'll make salsa out of them. Like, sometimes you can get the heirloom tomatoes that actually taste like real tomatoes. And there's, like, these tomatoes that come in a box, unusual, like, surprisingly. It's called Kumato, K-U-M-A-T-O. And they're sort of brownish. But they taste like real tomatoes. Like, you can even get them in the winter and they taste like real tomatoes. I can remember that because there were so many things I grew up on the farm with. The farm raised eggs. And I used to have to go gather the eggs in the morning and literally put them in a basket and bring them back in the house. Um, They just, they taste different. And the closest I can get, and it's still not the same, but the closest I can get is cage-free eggs. And I think if we had a better relationship with our next-door neighbors, um, our next-door neighbors raise <laughs> raise chickens and um apparently recently bought a rooster because it wakes me up all the fucking time which just reminds me of growing up on the farm but still um i'm not on the farm anymore i don't want to grow up to roosters um it's fucked up yeah but you know food talk food talk what is something you used to eat Back in the day that you would never fucking eat now. Ramen noodles with ranch dressing. What? They got me through college. Uh, Don't every week's dressing on them? It was I had to mix it up somehow. And in college, um, on the weekends when because I lived in a sorority. Um, because believe it or not, okay, I guess I was a sorority girl. I was even president of my Wait, did you just say you were the president of the sorority? I was. I was the lesser of two evils. That's oh the only reason God. I won. That's the only reason I won. I swear to God. So weekends, um, my weekend meals, while I lived in the sorority, we got we got fed three meals a day during the week, five days a week, right? Yeah, that's what you paid for, plus friends. I, yeah, <laughs> I paid for my friends. All my friends ended up quitting. But you know what? That's okay. Um, because that says that pretty much sums up me. Um, but I, I was in the sorority and, um, because seriously cheap rent food five days a week and ended up cheaper than the, um, it ended up cheaper than the dorms. (laughs) Oh, motherfucker. You're Uh, so fucking drunk. I love it. So what were we talking about? Sorry. I do not even remotely remember a few minutes ago. I tried really, really hard to remember. And I was swore I was going to lock it into my head, and I didn't. All right, cool. We talked about the pear thing. We talked about the pear salad and the beef stroganoff. So let's start with, all right, I want to talk about, we've talked about things we've done, and we've talked about places we've gone and things we've eaten that we've already liked. Um, There's one thing that I ate one time when I was out with tea Another time in Vegas, we had gone, we went and did one of those like timeshare things where we stayed for three days at one timeshare and then we stayed at three days at one time, another timeshare. So we literally got like six days in Vegas for like 200 bucks. <laughs> Dude, I need to look. Into totally good way time, to go. Timeshare. The first night we were there, we decided that because we were doing this like super cheap, like practically free hotel we were going to spend our time eating at all these amazing restaurants. Like every night for dinner, we were going to go to another like celebrity chef restaurant. Nice. The first night we went to Scott Conant. He's on the, he's on the, um, the food network. He like does judging for 
I don't know, uh, Chopped. He does judging for Chopped. Oh, cool. I love and Chopped. He, he, he does pasta and he does all this stuff. So Scott Conan's restaurant was really good. But his pasta was lovely. Everything was delicious until we got to dessert. And he had one of the single best desserts I've ever had in my fat face life. Was it a tiny cake? No, it was called salted caramel budino, which is basically fucking pudding in a martini glass. And it was the best thing. The best thing. So amazing. Salted caramel budino was amazing. And I would bathe in that shit. You could lick that off of me and I would be like so happy. We'll leave that tea. That he um, would, and I would let him, and I would lick it off of whoever, like anybody had that on them. I'd be like, <laughs> so would you say that was the best dessert you have ever had? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Without so, hesitation, and it was fucking pudding. That's insane. That said, when you come to St. Louis to visit. We are going to go to Cyrano's in Webster Groves, Missouri. I know you love Cyrano's. I love Cyrano's. We're going to have the bread pudding. Bread pudding? No. Trust me. This is unlike any bread pudding in the scope of your universe. You could dream of the best bread pudding you could ever have. It would not even come close to matching the mastery of Cyrano's. (laughs) Bread pudding. Okay. Well, it would have to be really good because for me, bread pudding is just like meh. Yeah. This is not meh. When it comes to bread, shit, I just forgot the name of it. I was thinking of it when you were talking about the salad. There's a kind of salad. Oh, panzanella. There's a salad that they make in Italy called panzanella salad. And it's basically bread and tomatoes and like an Italian, it's like a vinaigrette, and oh, fucking God, that's good stuff. I Uh, love that. Have you been to Italy? No. Never been anywhere. We need to go. I bet we could write it off as a business expense if we did it for podcast purposes. We could. Yeah, okay, so I just looked it up, because I used to make this for myself when I lived in that beautiful apartment you and I talked about. Oh, that apartment was so Beautiful and precious and amazing. The one that your dad redecorated? No, I redecorated it. Oh, you redecorated it. I could have sworn at one point your dad came in and just replaced all your furniture without telling you. Not all of it. He just came in and, like, built a shelf. And I came home and I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) He's like, well, you needed a shelf there. Okay. So, okay, panzanella salad. Use the vine-ripened tomatoes Mm -hmm. and then a little bit of kosher salt, some fresh bread, Extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of shallot, fresh garlic, Dijon mustard, pepper, basil. <gasps> so good. It's like my favorite summer salad of the world. Mama it's literally bread and tomatoes. And I used to hate, like, my mom made this nasty shit called stewed tomatoes. Did your mom make that? It was basically tomatoes with nasty, soggy-ass bread. No, she didn't. She um, oh. she would always, my mom would, was um, very benevolent and would throw a lot of meat in there. My mom didn't throw meat in shit. <laughs> she never threw meat in anything. You need to just share my mom. I already do. You she do. She, me. she loves you. She loves you so much. She's so cute. She comments on all my Facebook stuff. It's adorable. Oh, my mom is adorable. I love her so much. She's the I love your mom so much. I was so blessed. Yeah, pretty freaking lucky. She mm-hmm. doesn't suck for being a mom. She doesn't. Right. So let's talk about what is the if you were gonna say one thing, restaurant, home, whatever, the best thing you ever ate. Oh my. Now we're getting really, really difficult. This is difficult. This is a hard, hard job. Okay. So it was not a Vegas trip with you, but it was still a Vegas trip. 
Um, it was a Vegas trip when I worked for, I believe I previously called it Allegiant. Okay. Um, we had some outside counsel that we had retained when I worked for that company, and they took us out to a very high-end restaurant, so high-end that when my boss and my colleague thought they were splitting meat for a meal, found out, no, that was a per-person price in the $70 range. is not that much. Well, for us Midwesterners, it absolutely was terrifying. It was a terrifying <laughs> number. Because that's how much a whole week's groceries cost, especially when you ate hot dog casserole. That's true, hot dog casserole. Um, but it was... Um, I don't remember where exactly it was, but it was some kind of steakhouse and some kind of casino in Vegas. Um, But I had a um, basically the equivalent of a Kansas City strip. Okay. It was so. It was more perfectly marbled than a T-bone. And it was just. So beautiful. It's you took a bite of it and it literally melted in your mouth, steak wise. If you've ever had a melty steak in your I mouth, have. I have. I never um, knew steak could do that. I didn't either until I ate at this place and it was just the most beautiful thing. The meat, fuck hell. <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing I have ever ingested. And I loved it. It was like the cow just wandered into my mouth and melted. (laughs) And I loved it. I think that is the single most amazing thing I've ever eaten in my life. And that's counting the bread pudding. And that's counting the tiny cakes. That's counting all the beautiful things we've mentioned. It was still just amazing food together. We have had the most amazing food together. Probably one of the best things I ever ate in my life. And I'm not going to say, I don't know that it was the best, but it was one of the best. When I lived in New York and I worked there, the restaurant I worked at was called SBQR. And it was in Manhattan. And it was an Italian restaurant. And one of the things they did was they served a calamari that was grilled over apple wood. It was beautiful and it was tender and it was incredible. And that was the first time I'd ever had calamari that wasn't fried and it wasn't like little rubber bands and it wasn't rubbery or anything like that. It was this soft, kind of a little bit smoky. It had this gorgeous texture and they served it with a pasta dish and it was incredible. And that was probably, I would say, one of the top three things I ever ate. Oh, lovely. And I will say one other thing. Mm-hmm. Andrew Zimmern. No, no, not Andrew Zimmern. Simon Majumdar from the Food Network said that his last, like if he could have a last meal on earth, mm-hmm. his would be Stroud's chicken from Kansas City. Really? Uh-huh. And I've eaten that. And I concur that is some pretty fucking good fried chicken but my dad made better fried chicken than that my mom made better fried chicken than that but my dad used to make it when we would go on camping trips he would make it over the campfire in a great big cast iron skillet and he would like make fried chicken and we'd make mashed potatoes and gravy like at a campfire who does that well there's, there's nothing like a cast iron skillet right I mean, they're Absolutely. they're perfectly they're perfectly seasoned. They're perfect. I, I have to say, one of the other best meals I've ever had in my life was my mom cooking fried chicken in a cast iron skillet. And um, I can't remember if I've ever told you about this. I had an aunt and uncle who were brother and sister. They were old. That's they were creepy. Swedish. Well, Wait. yeah. They were, they were old married and- to each other. No. Oh, okay. Lord, no. Oh, okay. I thought you went, you had an aunt and uncle married to each other, and they were also a brother and sister, because that's yucky. 
No, 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 no. My great uncle was in love with my grandmother who got married to my grandpa instead, obviously. Um, so after he lost my grandmother, he never recovered. So he just had lots of girlfriends through his entire life, but he lived with his sister, um, who also never married. They, they were not creepy. I swear to God, they weren't creepy. She was the one who fed me okay. Ludafisk. I've talked about her. She was on Ludafisk. Ludafisk is horrible. Oh, it's terrifying. Ludafisk uh, is one of the most horrible dishes ever created. Oh, exactly. Bugs. I remember buying a mug for my mom once because my dad was a Swedish one, but she loves Swedish shit because she loved dad. Um, and I bought her a mug. I bought her a mug once that was Ole and Lena's um, Ludafisk. Our heritage preserved in lion vinegar for 150 years. <laughs> my mother loves that mug. Um, but um, I, we used to go to my aunt and uncle's house periodically. They'd feed us lutefisk. I was horrified. But they would also come to our house on the farm from time to time. And at one point, they got lost on the way to our house because we had just moved to the farm in like 1974. Um, I was two years old. That's how old I am. And um, they were on their way, but they couldn't find it. They found my uncle's house, my dad's older brother, and he gave them directions. They, it still took them an hour to get to our house, even though they live five minutes away because they could not find their way. Um, but they called from my uncle's house and said, we're on our way. Or, or excuse me, let me get in character. We were going to come to see you. Uh, we would like to have dinner at your house. And mom and dad were like, okay. So mom sent my brother out to kill a chicken. And he could not catch any fucking chicken because my brother was having a teenager moment. And so instead, he went out with his gun and he shot a fucking chicken. So my mom had to pick <laughs> my mom had to pick buckshot out of the fucking chicken while she was dressing it, which I was not old enough to help dress chickens. That didn't happen till I was six. Because yes, seems like an appropriate age. But it was farm life. Um, and it was how my mom was brought up in the 30s and 40s. So, you know, I can't, that's what it was. So anyway, um, so mom was picking the buckshot out of the chicken and she fried it up and she made some tomato sauce, kind of like the pork loin I talked about earlier. And she made, um, mashed potatoes, which she pulled out of the garden, got everything ready. They came in and, um, uh, they sat down. And my uncle and aunt sat there, and my uncle was trying to be polite. Um, it, and he was adorable. I mean, he was seriously so totally in love with my grandmother. He and my grandpa actually got in a fight over her. Were they and, really named Oli and Lena? No, no. They were, oh, okay. I, I won't say their names for risk of, of identification, although I doubt sure. it would have it at this point. But they were not named Oli and Lena. But let's call them Oli and Lena. We just call them Oli and Lena. Well, just call them. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, But they uh, showed up at our house two hours late because they got lost driving to our house from my uncle's house five minutes away. But country roads, you know, they're like back then it wasn't, you know, turn left on um, Mosquito Creek Road or anything like that. It was turn left on the road next to the rest stop. I mean, so, you know. Sure. Turn left. Sure left by Gary's Pizza. Um, so they were like getting there and mom had cooked all this fried chicken and all this food and had it ready. And it was cold by the time they got there because we didn't have microwaves in the 70s. And um, they got there and my uncle was very polite. He said, uncle Oli. my uncle Oli was very polite. He said, that, that was very good. And my Aunt Lena said, yes, but we were very hungry. that's so cute (laughs) all that for that punchline but it was serious it seriously happened my life my whole family's life is a series of punchlines and that's just why i i totally agree but it was hilarious but that fried chicken mom made wonderful fried chicken but probably not as many um batches of fried chicken as she had to pull buckshot out of like that one fucking love fried chicken it's one of my favorite things on earth and pan fried chicken is the best 
Oh, I know. I still wish I could do it, but my mom was. Look, my when mom- you come here, we'll take you to Prohibition Chicken because they make pan fried chicken and they have smoked chicken that they then pan fry and it's delicious. Okay. Let's wrap up a little. Okay. <laughs> Let's do. I have I think very dressed. I think we're well into this and I think we're both pretty well fucked up. Okay, so I'm eating the bourbon-soaked cherries at this point. I did too, and they taste terrible. They're like <laughs> bourbon in with cherry texture. You had taste buds left? I'm oh, impressed. Just a little bit. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you for being with us each week. We do hope you'll drink with us again next week. If you'd like to hear more from us or read about our cocktails, our website is alwaysneverwrite.com. There's also links there to our Facebook page, which is Always Never Write Podcast. You can join and start a dialogue with us. And if there's ever anything you'd like to hear about and hear us talk about, we'd be happy to do that. We have an Instagram at Always Never Write with, oh, no. We also have an Instagram at Always Never Write with pretty pictures of our drinks and a Twitter at Always Never Write. Tweet us and ask questions or whatever. I will forever feel guilty about not getting the ease to always never write on the Twitter. It's not your <laughs> fault. It's Twitter's fault. It's Twitter's fault. Fuck Twitter. But I love Twitter. It, right? It, fuck Twitter. <laughs> it lets me rage tweet, though, so I can't completely fuck Twitter. Um, of course, we are not professional foodies, but we love food, and food's pretty awesome. Mm, food. But, food. <laughs> but, you know... And a few bites of food, even if you have to throw away the rest, if it makes you happy, you do you. That's right. This has been another full-time eating episode of Always. (laughs) Never. Right. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. And thank you so much, truly, for making this a part of your week. Um, We'll talk more next week, my dolls. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guiltiest and assholes.